1: podcast co-host of mine taylor sokol today we're reviewing the new superhero film spider-man no way home of course distributed from a combo of marvel studios and sony pictures the follow-up and final film of the spider-man home trilogy uh following far from home directed by john watts with a screenplay by chris mckenna and eric summers so We remember back in 2019, Spider-Man Far From Home was the first movie to follow Endgame. Endgame being the, you know, big uh, follow-up of 10 years worth of films, this huge epic finale. And where the story was going to go next. And with Spider-Man, you know, having such a close relationship to Tony Stark, uh, pseudo father figure, uh, especially that they, you know, expanded in Homecoming. So far from home, that was the last film we had pre-pandemic. So we had that long break in the, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but that was such a great film. You know, Peter off to Europe, uh, dealing with all the stuff up there, and of course Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal, and the big reveal at the end that Mysterio reveals that Spider-Man's identity is Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, not just a few people to the entire world.
1: The entire world now knows, and of course the classic. As a lot of these films ended. (laughs) What the? (laughs) So we knew that, oh, crap. Spider-Man's been revealed. And now we have to wait for part three. And here we are, finally. tail end of 2021. We got no way home. So before we continue, this, of course, is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning.
0: Yeah, we we cannot continue without uh, talking about this. And just, you know, fair warning, you know. If you haven't seen this, where do you listen to this? As always,
1: <laughs> as always, unless you're one of those people, which I do understand there's some people that like to listen to reviews to maybe sway their decision to go see a movie that maybe they're not interested in. I know not everyone is a Marvel fan. Not everyone's into superheroes. I don't know what's wrong with you.
0: But I mean, if, if you're one of those people, then hey, maybe this will sway you to swing back in the theaters and check this out. Uh,
1: I like the use of word there. Well, of course, okay, so No Way Home. It picks up right where Far From Home left off. So we literally see the exact same sequence of the news broadcast, Mysterio revealing the name. You know, we're seeing J. Jonah Jameson, his kind of website version of Daily Bugle. And then, bam, Peter Parker has now been announced to the world that he is Spider-Man. So, of course, oh, crap, what are you going to do? Well, I liked how this film did kind of start off on a somewhat of a dark note of, especially look at our times today. Today, we're so, we're so in this zone of always wanting to be filmed, always wanting to be documented, but sometimes it's to a detriment. Sometimes it's to a negative standpoint. And especially nowadays with everyone having a video camera, it's like, you are, you're, you're the top news. I'm going to videotape you. I want a video. I want to post it, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And a lot of people, because they think that he killed Mysterio, start turning on Spider-Man. So I thought that was a great dark beginning.
0: It's such a juxtaposition. If you think about all these other superheroes, they do so many great feats and like, you know, the world knows that Iron Man sacrificed his life to, you know, save people um, to save, you know, literally the universe, Um, Captain America and all these Steve Rogers. And it's just so funny, you know, not to jump ahead, but just kind of harkens back to that great quote from the OG Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, in spite of everything you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. You know, I like, you know, and it's very interesting the fact that you can do all these great things, but then that—and this is not just these fictional superheroes. It's any kind of celebrity. You can do so many great things and then something comes out, whether it's true or not, whether it's true or not, something comes up and then everyone is against you. And then you have this young high schooler who's just trying to get in college and just enjoy life. And now his his life is, there's no secrecy to him.
1: Yeah. There are helicopters outside, uh, you know, his apartment with Aunt May. People are following him. Of course, at school, everyone's got their cell phones out and even the teachers are being very like special attention towards him. Uh, Flash Thompson has decided to make a whole book about why he's best friends with Spider-Man and dyed his hair blonde, uh, which is more classic to the the comics. So you just get the sense that, yeah, they're, they're, all, all of a sudden it's like his world has really turned upside down. So I like that uh because I I I've I've always wanted to watch the show and I'm now finally catching up with it. Um this was a great little moment, you know, we, we you know years and years ago we had Ben Affleck as Daredevil, but you know we had the TV show with Charlie Cox on Netflix went 3 seasons. Obviously they've had the uh the Defenders and all that stuff and all those shows, but they Kevin Feige said if we're going to have Daredevil now appear in the MCU proper it will not be recast. It will be Charlie Cox. You know, that was kind of the, the vibe we we're getting. So this was really cool. We got this one little scene where they're like, "Where well, we need a lawyer because they're like, you know, Peter Parker has been charged with the crime of killing Mysterio. Yeah. And this was just a great little scene. It wasn't long, but it, we had one little scene with Charlie Cox back as, uh, you know, Matt Murdoch uh, with his great, you know, his glasses. And he's like, he's like, all right uh what's so what's gonna happen he's like well this is what's gonna happen blah, blah blah actually peter it's not really gonna be you it's actually gonna be happy because <laughs> um i claim that you've stolen some uh stark tech he's like what, what, are you, what are you talking about i'll just i'll just not i'll not go on record i'll just not answer the question and there's this one moment where you know because of course this would happen a lot with people that are under investigation someone throws a brick through the window and right as peter's about to catch it Matt Murdoch, not even facing the window, catches it right in front of Peter and on the brick it says, We believe Mysterio. And he's like, How'd you do that? Because he knows he's blind. He's like, I'm a really good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: and that's line. all. And that was that was just blown us away because we started watching Daredevil before this happened. And now there's a bit tease that we're going to get some Daredevil characters in the current season of Hawkeye. So there's a lot of exciting stuff.
1: So I wonder exactly when and if like you know if daredevil is going to get his own movie down the line or maybe maybe his own mcu version of a tv show but it was exciting to see that character uh popping up in here so hit you know mj ned peter they all want to go to the same college which i mean that's a trend i think a lot of high school kids would want to do they all want to stay friends and even classic
0: kind of trope which i love that it's like a very universal thing like which again john watts
1: has been you know Although these have been Spider-Man films, there has been the element of the school, high school movie. So I like that he wanted to continue that. But uh, they they don't get into MIT because they are affiliated with Peter Parker, which is uh kind of insane. But that's you know you imagine if you if there was a criminal in some eyes, you know some. Uh, organizations would not want you to uh, you know be part of theirs
0: yeah associate that I mean you think about that a lot of the times you got actors and stuff if you know uh, why I which that's a different opinion but like well I, I don't I don't associate with that I you know and then there's so there's yeah so unfortunately their whole lives have kind of upended and Peter Parker feels like this is his fault and you know and he's that selfless kid who's like, I don't want this for them you know my life is ruined but I don't want them to be. Suffering.
1: he's like, God, I gotta fix this. How could I fix this? How could I have this all turn around? Oh, I know. Maybe I can go talk to my good old buddy, Doctor Strange, and maybe he could go back in time and make it so that Mysterio never revealed my identity. But of course, as we know from Endgame, the all the infinity stones were put back into whatever time they were found. So technically the time stone, although this is something I thought was interesting that they kind of brought that up. I was like, well, if the time stone was put back to where it was originally found, wouldn't it still be in the, you know, carmitage? And so, wouldn't Doctor Strange go get it back at some point anyway? Or is it that point where they, they can never use them again because of what they did to save everyone?
0: Well, it's be, well, yeah, because in that timeline that they're at, Thanos already destroyed them all, so it technically cannot exist in that. So it's time travel is trippy, but we're not gonna go. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully, Endgame's the only time travel movie you have to deal with. This one, uh there's not such a, you know, you know, time travel element. There's more of a magical solution.
1: Yes. And so he's like, "No, what I can do is I can do a spell where everyone forgets that you're Spider-Man." And he's like, "Oh, perfect. That'll solve everything." And he's like, "So he starts of course do the spell, but he's like, "Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I but my best friend ned you know we've had this you know friendship for so long and he's like all right i'll, I'll make ned too but, oh wait mj my girlfriend you know she just found out and he's like okay i'll do that too but also aunt may and so of course he keeps adding people to the list and dr strange is trying to continue to make this spell too many rings and then of course it goes awry and something happens and he ends up stopping it in a very similar form to what he used in what if which I thought was kind of cool that they're kind of continuing that trend he kind of makes this little hexagon shape. He's like if I did not contain it, uh you know, this could have been really bad. And so we think, okay, we think the spell you know didn't really work. So it's like all right we have to figure out what the next step is. Well then we start getting some visitors and this is where the movie really starts to pick up and it's like oh boy. So as we can see in the trailer We know that some of our favorite villains from other generations of Spider-Man are coming back. And we start off with good old Alfred Molina as Doc Doc. This bridge sequence was insanely, like, entertaining. I thought it was such a fun fight.
0: And also to think that, you know, when they originally had his character, everything was all practical effects. There was very little CGI and this is all CGI, but it looked great. It was just very intense, very fast paced, very brutal fight that just reminded me of those great fight scenes when we first got Doc Ock and Spider-Man 2. So this was pretty, pretty epic.
1: And not to mention against the, uh, you know, when... When Peter uses the spider suit, you know that he has from Tony with all the spider legs.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, the spider killer. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so it was like, you know, uh, eight versus eight, if you will, which is actually it was I thought that was really entertaining. And yeah, it was just a great sequence, and you know, he's like very, he's very aggressive. Where's my machine? So clearly, you know, knowing what we know, what happened to him in Spider Man Two, he has to have been transported here just before his death. In Spider Man 2, and that's not a spoiler for that because that's been out forever, folks. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it was a cool sequence. But I love that moment of the nanotech. He thinks he's like, oh, uh, nanotechnology, you know, an upgrade, but it's used against him, which I thought that was really cool because then he kind of controls the arms. So we're stuck with okay, we have now we have Doc Ock, but then oh, another visitor shows up. Willem defoe Green Goblin, pops in. We see a uh, you know, a goblin bomb on the freeway and then he kind of zooms in. But it was a really cool shot. He starts zooming right towards Peter and you're like, dun da da dun da And then all of a sudden, and he's back in the lower, you know, areas of the sanctum. Uh, I thought that was such a cool shot. It was like, oh crap, here comes Goblin. And Stephen Strange is like, so we the spell that you tampered with which i still think is funny that he says that he tampered with i'm like you did the spell steven i mean (laughs) you got mess. give him the warning label before you do these spells so um but uh, he's like we have visitors from other realms the multiverse which is something we've never really tampered with we we don't know a lot about he's like people are coming through that know that peter parker is spider-man so that that was an interesting concept because i remember when the trailer dropped and obviously they were like we have some of these high-class actors coming back to reprise these villain roles i was like well how are they are they teleporting through a portal i was like what is it making them come back for because i thought it'd be so weird if they just came in to be like i want to kill spider-man just because it's spider-man but yeah there, know there
0: there was it was very well purposed for each villain as we how they've been reintroduced and especially how it was explained like a lot of these guys had died, you know? So we're like, well, well how are they, how do they come back? And and I, everything felt very justified and how they did it. It was just a really cool way of what timeline or part, especially when some of these villains were from the same timeline and how they interact. Like, Oh, you're supposed to be dead. You're a walking goat. I love
1: that. Yeah. I love these like Norman and how, yeah. So the, the the main kind of plot for the good solid second chapter of the film you know the the middle part if you will of three is i we went we got to go find these guys to send them back to their time and dr strange has kind of this prison cell kind of situation set up that like invisible tractor beams to like you know keep them in their cells and he's like i i went and found one so far so he's captured lizard thus far kurt connors and he's like there's at least three more out there and so it's like okay we got Otto octavius and we got lizard and I like that Dr. Strange gives him this device. That's like, if you use this, it's like a mystical web
0: shooter. He can hit. Someone, yeah, it'll go in the little pocket.
1: It'll portal them right to the, the prison. cell. I
0: call it the eight ball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he goes off and then we get two returning villains as well. He goes off and has this awesome scene with we have Thomas Hayden church back as Sandman. And of course, Jamie Foxx as Electro bit of a redesign though for Electro. I'd like to have they kind of started it with him as blue that was kind of cool. So, like the whole first big fight was them still kind of his form from Amazing Spider-Man 2. But then he gets defeated kind of somewhat, you know, and he's on the floor and he's like, Y'all gonna pretend I'm not naked right now? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but it was interesting. They they chose to not have Thomas Hayden Church be in human form till the end of the movie. So I thought that was, you know, and at least though he sounded, you know, it was like, okay, they did the visual really well of when he's kind of in a human shape as sand. Uh but so they, they both, you know, are sent back to the cells. So it's like, all right, we got everyone, but he's like, yeah, there was um there was a guy. He looked like a, a green elf. <laughs>
0: oh, he sounds jolly,
1: which is so so the
0: the commentary was so great for that.
1: Oh yeah, the humor in this was so good. we he realizes okay, there's one left, Norman osborne And we get the scene. I thought it was interesting how they kind of where they chose to put in the in the film. Again, that great moment that they did in Spider-Man, the first film with Tommy Maguire, where Green Goblin, there's that Jekyll and Hyde style to him where he has the mask put up on a trash bin and he's like, you know, oh, what am I doing here? You're weak. You're pathetic.
0: We have, world, we have new worlds to conquer, you know?
1: course because goblin wants something but destruction and, and all that stuff and he breaks the mask which i thought that was kind of a neat thing that okay the mask is destroyed
0: kind of very sim- symbolic like oh this is like hey this is definitely not going to be almost a rehash of the other spider-man
1: does that mean that goblin's gone or no and i liked how this film turned into you know it's like Doctor Strange is like they all have to go back, and if they go back, that means that most of them are going to die because that's their fate—is they all perish at some point facing Spider-Man. And Peter Parker being Peter Parker is like, can't we like do something about that to fix it? So yeah,
0: I, re- I refuse to accept that.
1: So there's this great, this is the trippy Doctor Strange moment of the film where Spider-Man fights Doctor Strange for this box, which, this box, if used correctly, will then send them all back to their own personal time. Uh, it'll the spell will be actually activated and this was really cool this is like i think it was fun for john watts to get to tackle uh, a trippy dr strange sequence where it was a lot of it was in the mirror realm and i thought it was brilliant that among all this great visual fighting that peter's like wait a minute i know what this is this is geometry and math and he uses his skill set as a nerd to beat dr strange's own game And he captures him in the mirror room and he takes the box with them. I thought that was such a fun sequence. And so it's like, okay, I know what we can do. Instead, let's see if we can cure these guys. You know, they all were turned into these villains one way or another. Let's see if we can cure them. And that's such a, that is really where this like started to be such a great Peter Parker.
0: Spider-Man movie.
1: Spider-Man movie. Because it's like, he wouldn't want to go out of his way just to kill anyone. He would. He's like, I want to heal these guys.
0: Yeah, I think that was a huge, huge part of the character throughout the movies or the comics that they, you know, he uses powers for good. But it's like, I, I don't want that for you. Like, I will, I will stop you from hurting people. But, you know, a lot of these and I think a majority of the villains and anything, especially Spider-Man, they're all they're all. Set on this collision course because of their own ambitions, or by accident, or something like that. You know, even the are like how are you killed? Oh, by this uh, collider. Oh yeah, same here. I fell in a bed of eels. You know, so there's a lot of that kind of like in joke there, but it's also these are very tragic
1: characters. Yes, they've all, most of them have not purposely turned into what they turn into. You know, it's all uh, via science. Uh, you know, mistake or you know something happened to them they can't explain, and so. I like that. All right, we're going to try to use them. You know we can to use? Oh, by the way, we have this, this Stark tech that we still have that was on the ship from Far From Home. And we can pretty much uh, make anything with it. We can uh, create things. So it's like, all right, what's the first thing we could try? Well, okay, Otto Octavius, he is so angry and miserable and the arms control him because of the inhibitor chip on the back of his neck it was broken. Let's make a new one. And so they do. And I love the scene that they, you know, he's, of course, super aggressive. And then they put the new chip on him and he's he's like the voices. It's so quiet. Like that was such a great scene because you can imagine he's heard nothing but these creepy voices in his head of these arms, these AI arms. So Otto is kind of back to being a good guy again, or at least somewhat, you know, healed. Uh, And he gives the nanotech back to the suit, which I thought that was great. Now the nanotech, you know, the suits fixed again. But the other ones are kind of, uh, you know, still having, you know, obviously Sandman's having trust issues. Flint's not really, he know, I don't trust anyone. Jamie Foxx is Electro. He's clearly, he knows that there's some kind of power here. And you could tell there's the arc, you know, one of one of Tony Stark's arc reactors is left over. And Norman, I thought that actually was a great scene, you know, to flash back real quick before we go into what all happens next. Uh, when he, he's at Aunt May, you know, the, the feast, um, you know headquarters and he's like he's like you know I, don't, I just got here and you know and it's like you can tell he's lost it like you know and but also the costume outfit just like this green jacket the purple sweater like giving an homage to the original goblin design and also i love if you didn't notice <laughs> he's talking to aunt may he's stealing donuts in the background i thought that was hilarious
0: yeah they really willing defoe did a great job not only green goblin but blending the 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 norman osborne element like he is a very tragic character and like you know i mean he's like i'm in this new reality where oscorp doesn't exist apparently you know someone's living in my house and uh my son isn't
1: yeah. isn't here um yeah. i see yeah, i loved he's like i'm something of a scientist myself like <laughs> that was fan service through and through they knew that people that's become such a meme um but of course you know now he's seen this peter parker which i mean you know he you know tom holland's peter parker has his own kind of skill set as a very tech gadget savvy spider-man especially with all the you know stark tech he's gotten to use over the years but i love this sequence you know they didn't have this in homecoming they built this up starting infinity war of as we call it the peter tingle of his spider sense and it was a long slow one that like this was really cool of like He's noticed something is off about one of these guys. And it's just like a slow, like him looking around and trying to feel it out. And it was like, I was like, is a bomb about to go off? Is something like, I was like, what is about to happen? I thought another
0: villain was going to come through or something like that.
1: This movie is like the closest we've had to a sinister six without being a full sinister six. It's only five. Uh, we don't get a six villain in this um, unless you count the tree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's no six villain, but I yeah, I was like, what's about to happen? And him shooting the web, you know, at at Goblin, uh, and then you just noticed. and then the turn, oh boy, Jekyll to Hyde, Goblin is back.
0: Which I think this was another reason why it was great that they didn't use the mask, is because you got to really see Willem Dafoe's like acting. Like that was like the best part of I think his Goblin turn was in his first iteration of Spider Man when they do the mirror scene when he's changing his face that was just just so amazing seeing him and really become green goblin
1: and he is you know why would i ever want to give up this power so goblin is definitely back uh in you know body form right now very creepy looking and then he's influencing electro to be like come on you know these aren't these we're we're gods these are gifts that we've been given uh so this is kind of the big villain takeover uh this scene was fantastic. This is like really brutal. So Electro, he ends up taking the arc reactor. So this, of course, soups up his power. Samman can do his giant cyclone of doom. Lizard's down on the ground floor in a truck and has about come out to escape and do some damage as well. But Otto has been shot out by Electro. And he's like, All right, I'm going to peace out for now. Because uh, again, Otto, although he has these arms and they are very strong, he's just a man. You know, it's like he could easily die. But Goblin starts to fight Peter, and this fight was insane. This was brutal. This was a lot of knocking against walls, breaking through the floor multiple times. I mean, and that one shot I thought was so great. Peter is just punching him and punching him and he's like ha, 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 ha. He's, and laughing, he's laughing maniacally
0: like, like the like, joker yeah, it was very reminiscent of dark knight's joker like oh my god this guy is like literally insane and i just i, I wanted him to be like oh bring him the house down now or something like that like there was just it was like that honestly was my favorite fight one of the favorite fights of the film and that's just something that harkened back to i wanted to see this that n- these spider-men haven't had the brutality of the the original Spider Man movies, and I think especially the rami verse, it's something about those fights were just these were very close up, and that was like, you know, Peter's getting the crap beat out of him. It was really good. Wow, and,
1: and it was yeah, it was harsh, and it ended way down on this the ground floor of the apartment complex, and Aunt May is got the serum that will help to hopefully heal Norman, and she tries to to do it. Doesn't go so well. He's still Goblin. He gets on his glider, and that was a cool shot. Him on the glider with the hood on. You know, again, very callback to the comic book uh, design. Yeah, you
0: know, So Aunt May. So what happens is uh, Aunt May gets hit by hit by the glider, and to finish her, her off, then Bobbin's like, "I'm gonna throw a bomb," and he just has this maniacal look. And Peter does deflect the bomb, but he's knocked out. And, of course, he goes over to see Aunt May, and she's fine, which I'm like, okay, this is like...
1: Yeah, she got up very very quickly and was like, I'm good, I'm good. But this is that classic, every Spider-Man needs this moment. Aunt May starts to die.
0: And we had a really... And this was the big twist, I think, of the Spider-Man that Chris and I talked about. We never got the Uncle Ben origin story. We knew that he was not the picture or whatnot, but this is where we get the... With great power comes great responsibility, which had not happened in any of the films. He never quoted it. So we assumed he knew about it. So this was the cool twist. And I think this was well-earned because we have all these different universes and we get, okay, there's going to be different origins because this is this is this version of Peter. He didn't have the Uncle Ben.
1: He didn't have an Uncle Ben, or at least, yeah, the, we, yeah Uncle Ben was never there. So I liked that for him, it was Aunt May only. Um, and yeah, she gives him that, Those famous words before she does perish. So, this was a a really incredible acting scene from both Marissa Tomei and Tom Holland. You know, Tom Holland especially, uh, really bringing those emotional chops to you know really his only true family left. You know, uh, in in one
0: of his biggest losses of any of the films.
1: And so Aunt May has perished, and he, he, you know, cops have shown up. All these SWAT team and Happy, Happy has also seen that now. You know. The, the the fun on and off romance between Aunt May and Happy, which, you know, they kind of break up at the beginning of the movie was uh, it was funny. And so to see that he, he really is hurt by this, you know, and and just to see that Peter now is kind of at the moment where a lot of heroes get where when they lose someone that they love, they turn very much against their own hero side. And all he wants now is revenge. He wants to kill Green Goblin. Which most heroes, you know, they—it's always, you know, they want to send them to the the cops or do what they can do. They don't want to go straight to to murder. This is where the movie really was like, all right, now the moment has come. So Peter's off. He's damaged. He's hurt, and he's on the wit's end of I'm. I want to, you know, lose it. Meanwhile, Ned and MJ, who have been waiting to see if Peter's going to call them, they have the box currently for safety. Well, <laughs> Ned has. The ring from Doctor Strange. The sling currently. ring, yeah. The sling ring. And he's like, maybe we can see where Peter is. Show me Peter Parker. Show me Peter Parker. And the moment that I saw, it, it was a body gesture, actually. It was a way that a body gesture of, it was such a Garfield thing, where he kind of puts his hand up. I was like, that's Andrew Garfield. I was like, 100% Andrew Garfield. I'll tell you, there's a lot of moments in Marvel movies where I cheer, where I, where I scream. This was one of the biggest ones to start with. We see a Spider-Man pop through the portal and he's like, wait, wait, it's okay, it's okay, it's, it's me. And he pulled the mask off. And of course it was Andrew Garfield. I hooped and I hollered. And man, Andrew Garfield, it was so good to see him again. And this scene was really funny, him having to kind of prove that he's Spider-Man. And then <laughs> without missing a beat, they go right into doing the same thing with Tommy McGuire. I was like, wow, they're just bringing both of these guys right now. And I really appreciated that this movie you know, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about this as we move forward. They didn't just come in for like one fight. They didn't come in just for one little scene. They came in to really do a lot of emotional weight for our Peter Parker that we've been following. And this sequence where they first go all three of them meet on top of this building, and he's like, "You know, I'm so sorry. I brought you guys here. I'm sorry, but I'm done. I want to kill him. I'm he, he's over it." And I love that they had this shared scene where Tommy Maguire is like i lost my uncle ben and i hunt a man down the man that did it and i wanted him dead and it didn't help you know it didn't help cure my anger and then you know then andrew's like i lost my you know my girlfriend love of my life um you know and you could tell that it still really hurts him he's like and i got really dark i got i got i lost it i didn't want to be spider-man anymore But then they both say with great power comes great responsibility. He's like, wait, how how did you know that? He's like, that's what Uncle Ben said to me. Uh, And he's like, same. And it's like, that's what I made. So so I love that there was this kind of bond between the three of them that, of course, goes into a lot of humorous things. The web shooters, you know, I'm part of the Avengers. What is that? Is that a band? (laughs) Like, yeah, there was so many great jokes and fun, just the three of them. And I think for us who are grew up with Spider-Man, Seeing these three generations come together, it's just like a thing that you never thought was possible that it would ever happen, you know?
0: It was also great because in a way, it kind of wrapped up their storylines in a nice little thing. I think we were robbed. Uh, one thing, you know, going backwards, we were robbed for Andrew Garfield because I would have loved to have seen the third one with him. And I thought this was really good to kind of like... To, to show why he was a great spider-man a great peter parker and then for toby mcguire i think you know we were robbed with the third one it wasn't you know wasn't you know what we wanted to be so yeah. we got a third with him wasn't great Andrew Garfield again a third one and i thought this was great because it, it, and, it and it acknowledged everything that also these these peter parkers were in a different stage of their life you had toby Maguire that didn't de-age him or anything they made him like he's a, definitely a season and this is like this is our into the spider-verse that we wanted a live-action version and so like of course, we're going to keep geeking out about this, but that was like the really cool thing. Like this is a very seasoned Peter Parker. Hopefully he's with Mary Jane because after the, you know.
1: He, well, he, said, he said he made it work, which I thought was great. Um, and, and, you know, that's something too is, you know, Andrew Garfield never got to meet a Mary Jane. So we never knew if that was continued. Um, but, you know, him knowing that, you know, Tom Holland has his MJ, has like, you know, his girl. It was just great to see that them all have like, there's all connected tissue for the three of them. Uh, you know, and being like inspiring him to be like, We gotta pick up the mantle, we gotta continue.
0: And they also all, and we're gonna say this, they all got to redeem themselves in some more fashion because of their past mistakes.
1: I loved, yeah, all the fighting for so, of course, the big final, you know, MCU brawl of this whole and film. We were, te- is... we were
0: teased in the trailer, it's Spider Man against all of them. Nope, all three of them swing in, which was one of the another epic scene where I cheered for that moment.
1: Yeah, what a shot. They go to the Statue of Liberty, which is kind of getting a cool overlay of a Captain America shield. Statue of uh, America.
0: Because
1: <laughs> of, uh, uh, you know, Steve Rogers no longer in the picture. And this is where, yeah, all the villains show up to try to get the box because they know that the box is pressed, they're toast. So this was a great sequence. Yeah, the three Spider-Men. And again, just some really funny moments where like, Tom to McGuire's like, God, my, my back. Just like, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, the, the swing thing, the back thing. He's like, yeah, you know, as you get older, Ned Garfield's like, Want me to crack your back? And he's like, one, two, three, <laughs> cracks his back. <laughs> like, there's just some great bonding and like, I love you guys. Yeah, I've always wanted brothers. <laughs> I, thank you. <laughs> like hey,
0: what, what were your what was your what, what were the worst villains you fought? Well, I think you've seen some of mine. I found this alien black goo, and I was like, Oh, I found the he's purple, and he's like and he's like space. He's like, I I'm still trying to wrap my head with the space thing. And it's like, do you ever have a woodblock? And like they're, they're when they make fun of like, they, and it's it was, the great thing is they talked about everything you wanted them to talk about. And they really hit on on those little touchstones.
1: Even like Andrew Garfield saying like, you know, I'm, man, I'm pathetic. I'm not that great. And Tom was like, what are you talking about? You're amazing. Like it was just such a like a bromance of the three of them. Some great action sequences, you know, of course, Sandman, Electro, Supercharged Now. And comic accurate when he kind of gets his charge. I see that star on his face, lizard. And then what was great was Otto coming in, and because now he's more control, he first acted like he was going to be a villain, but then he, of course, he's the one that defeats Electro. He puts the thing on him to stop the charge. And this great this moment of him with Pete, you know, Tommy McGuire being like, Peter, and he's like, Otto. And he's like, how are you, my boy? I know, he's, he's like,
0: like, he knows, like, you've grown up. like. Yeah,
1: and I just love that they had this moment that we've always, you know, because Spider-Man 2 really always holds up as one of the best Spider-Man films. And they really were two peas in a pod. You know, what what Norman wanted to be with Peter, that kind of scientist bond, wasn't really there. But he did have that with Otto. And then, of course, Otto goes the, the Frankenstein monster route and redeems himself at the end. So I thought that was a great moment. But then Defoe comes in here uh, with his crazy, all the stuff. And it just, it was a great end to see, again, more of a brutal fight, not this big CGI fight for the final brawl. Peter just whomping on Goblin. I mean, even with him taking out his blade and stuff. And then he's about to kill him with the glider, which I thought that was almost a great callback to. That's how Norman dies in the first place is with the glider. But Tomo McGuire stops him. And again, it's that moment of you know we don't we don't kill a spider man you know that's not where and he does get stabbed, which I immediately thought oh gosh are they killing off Tobey McGuire in this movie that is is cruel no luckily they don't kill him but it was just a, yeah it was a great big final third act of this sequence of these three together I don't know if we're ever gonna get that again with them but it was for this movie alone that is worth all the ticket price in the world. Absolutely. I think just for people who've grown up with these characters, whether you've liked all the movies or not, they've all had good movies and, you know, and, and some not good moments. It was just so fun to see all three of them together.
0: It, and they also highlighted what was so great about them and acknowledged the weaknesses and all of the weak links of the trilogy, which I thought was really, really well done, well handled. And so you got a good wrap up for all these villains, all these characters. Um But they have to go back to their alternate their alternate realities
1: we're starting to see cracks in the sky and i thought that was really cool if you really looked deeply you would see that this was spider-man villains trying to come yeah through. i saw like rhino i uh, uh, scorpion i think Craven um, was in there as well yeah so that's what the whole they're cut, starting to come through and i can't stop them and so peter's like i know can you do a spell that makes everyone forget that peter parker exists you know that i'm peter parker and he's like or that spider-man is, is doing the opposite he's like you know if i do that then they're all going to forget and even i would forget and he's like yeah do it and again that that selfish i mean the selfless act of peter parker that he really is that for a guy that's just the neighborhood friendly spider-man he always has his heart in the right place that he's doing what's best for the the whole as a part for it's what what, what is
0: for the greater good
1: the greater good yeah so he does do this spell the villains are all sent back and they've all been cured which i thought was great so like you know connor's has been he's back and sam has turned back into just flint and they've all been cured and they're being sent off norman defeated you know he has to have this tearful goodbye with ned and mj which yes mj at one point falling off the 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 building and andrew garfield saving her and, and which is
0: such a great redemption because every damsel falls off and spider has got to save her but he could not save one and i think and that the emotional just, weight you, you see, see him face, like i was i was getting a little teared up because it was like it was more than just saving like, her are you okay yeah.
1: and he's like yeah and you know knowing that he saved peter's love like that was just yeah wow but uh yeah he has to say his cheerful goodbye and, you know you're gonna forget who i am but i'm gonna come find you and you know one last handshake with ned big dramatic kiss with mj and then he swings off and the movie uh leaves off with you know everything's kind of going back to normal but peter parker doesn't exist now so the whole world is now back to not knowing who spider-man is you know jay jonah jameson is like you know Uh, the the villains who you know uh (laughs) spider-man ruined the statue of liberty blah blah blah. uh if we can find those massive vigilante is so they don't know who peter parker is anymore and he goes and sees that he goes to the little cafe that mj works at sees that ned's gotten the mit mj's gotten the mit and they seem happy and instead of instead of doing the oh should i come in and be like hi we saved the multiverse i'm peter perker i'm spider-man he decides to not for now at least uh because he's they're happy and that's that sacrifice again of the hero complex where they're happy i shouldn't ruin that for them and it, this movie really I, i've been reading a lot of people say like this is almost like a trilogy worth of material as an origin story to Spider-Man.
0: I, I agree. You know what I like to sum it up as you, these three films, the first one was this young little teenage kid who's like, I just want to be part of the Avengers and he's so youthful. And and then the next one is he realizes that what does it mean to be a hero? And this last one, he realizes what true sacrifice means. So I think of all the Spider-Man like movies, this is such a great arc and it was just the biggest origin story ever. And I thought that was like really well done. The fact is now they've kind of rebooted him, not a reboot, but just to created Spider-Man to start off.
1: They've evolved him. So now he can just be Spider-Man. He can be on his own trying to get into college. He, you know, he's, there's no Aunt May now. So now it's just him alone in his apartment.
0: Maybe he's going to get a job at the daily net. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, now no one knows who he is, so he could take photos and, you know, we were left off with that little uh, post credit scene with Tom Hardy, uh, who is being sent back to his universe, but a little bit of the symbiote was left. So we could get a whole new Venom that is the true, you know, they could do the whole black suit arc if they wanted to, or just have an evil version of Venom. You know, that's a whole thing they can explore. There's so many more villains out they can explore that they haven't tackled. Uh, you know, obviously we know Morbius is coming up and we have Craven the Hunter, our solo movies coming up. Venom has been doing really well money-wise. So I think they're wanting to keep Venom and then, you know, Venom 3 is going to be planned. But the great thing is now I'm hearing rumors that they're like, if you don't want to have Tom Hardy and Tom Holland in the same universe, you're going to keep the MCU going. Have Andrew Garfield be the Spider-Man for, for Venom 3. You know, that could be the Sony pure universe. And now actually, because Andrew Garfield was so good in this movie, and so was Tobey Maguire. There's already been rumors of like, let's get Amazing Spider-Man 3 going. Let's just get more movies with these other actors so you can have multiple Spider-Man movies all the time. Just tell multiple stories with different Spider-Man.
0: The either the, either it was just perfect or they were just evil geniuses, because I would pay to see I would even pay to see another seasoned Tobey Maguire film. Like yeah, give, us, give
1: us give us Raimi getting to do Spider-Man 4.
0: I mean Raimi now we're excited because he's gonna be he's directing and also obviously not related to, but we get the awesome uh, Multiverse of Madness trailer for Dr. Strange 2, and Raimi is directing that. So that's pretty
1: epic. That looked great. I mean, the shots just looked like so trippy, and obviously a lot of things are messed up because of Strange doing that that whole thing. And we get, you know, Wanda back, and Wong, and it just looks like a really, from that little teaser alone, and for those fans of What If, if this is kind of the story they're going with, to see the darker version of Dr. Strange uh, who will have to fight. So, I mean, it looks like a really intense movie. I feel like because it's the multiverse, there's so much opportunity for them to have other characters like they did in this pop up from previous films, you know, different casts. So very excited for that. But this movie, it it definitely was just everything I wanted. You know, I'll go on record here saying that thus far this year with Marvel, nothing's blown me away to the point of like, oh, I want to see that again immediately. You know, I think, I thought Black Widow was 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 entertaining. It had some good moments in it. Shang-Chi had some really cool moments in it. Eternals had some cool fights in it. But none of those three movies were like, wow, this is like, you know, Infinity War, Endgame for me. This was. Spider-Man No Way Home was the best Marvel movie of this year. And I think it's just setting this up for what's really going to come with all the, the slate coming up of these big movies. But I really do hope that Tom Holland will continue to be Spider-Man for many years to come. There's so many more stories they can tell with him. And I want to see him more of just the Spider-Man without all the gadgets, without all the, you know, just be the hero he is. And that I think will set up for some exciting films and to continue with Ned and MJ and see what happens in college. Um, So I don't know if John Watts is going to want to continue with doing Spider-Man. I know that obviously he's set up to do Fantastic Four next for the MCU. But
0: yeah. And I think that was very And it was very smart that they had John Watts, again, one director for all these films. It was just, you know, very cohesive, well done, and a great conclusion uh, for this trilogy. I'm so glad. Whether you're a Spider-Man fan of the movies or you're an MCU fan, I think you will be pleasantly pleased with this film as we were. And you're going to be cheering your seats. Even if you're the only person in the theater, uh, you're going to be loving this film. Because it just had everything we wanted and more. I think I was just completely blown away. So I don't know about you, Chris, but I definitely want to go see this movie again because it was just so darn good. It was
1: epic. It was the best. But you can now continue to catch Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters only. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us